it's time to raise the roof for our newest off-season episode because we're all sad that baseball doesn't exist, so we don't record as often as we want to. Deal with it. I'm sorry. I'm 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 apologizing on behalf of everyone. Just you know, I mean, baseball sucks. It's not. It doesn't exist. But uh, we're back. The pod is back. It's been like two weeks. Uh, it's me, me and Bree, um, and our special guest who I'm gonna introduce in just a second. Bree, how you doing? How are you hanging in there? The holiday season is here. I mean, the holiday season's been here, but it's it's it it is it is the week of Christmas. Yeah. I'm feeling all holly and jolly. Been Christmas shopping a bunch. I have. I refuse to look at my bank account, so we're doing it right, I guess. <laughs> See, that's why you utilize Cyber Monday. See, I did, but then like there are more. Th- I didn't get anything for my dog yet, so today I shop for my dog, which is such a first world problem. But <laughs> oh, oh, we just make homemade dog treats. Yeah, it's, it's actually not. really cool. It's it, it takes a lot. Um. Well, without further ado, let's introduce. Our special guest, the uh, recent graduate, fifth-year graduate of Florida State University. Congrats on that, by the way. Um, he is a member of D-Rays Bay. We've had him on before. Uh, Brett Rutherford. Brett, like I said, congrats. Uh, how are you feeling as an actual, like you're out of college, all that stuff? You're you're through the uh, you're through the ringer. How are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. I thought I was going to be out of college last year, and then we get hit with this pandemic. So I thought. Uh, you know, what better idea than to go to grad school? And uh, I, let's just say that I'm very glad to be done with that. Um, but very, you know, proud to be a uh, an alumnus of Florida State. Uh, sorry, Bree. Uh, it's yeah, fine. I am, uh, I, yeah, I'm enjoying my, my, I just started a new job, so I'm back. But I have these next two weeks off for Christmas. So back in the 813, back in Tampa, uh, which has not been fun to do my own Christmas shopping. Um, the traffic here is horrendous, oh, yeah. and oh, I'm going back to Tallahassee. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I literally did all of mine on Cyber Monday and saved a lot of money, and it was perfect. I had no problems. Uh, so um, things that I want to talk about on this episode. Well, first off, let's talk about, I guess, the big, our biggest news within the Rays, um, that being uh, the shuffle up of, uh, I guess, the, um, uh, the the front office higher-ups of the team. Uh, Peter Bendix was announced as the new GM of the Rays. I, that's the only guy I actually remember because uh, I have been, uh, let's say I've been, I've been burnt out from baseball. I guess, Bree, who, who else also got moved up and shuffled around? Or, Brett, if you know that, I... I've got one, and I'm going to mention her because I... Yes, that's the one I was going to mention. On on Raise Your Voice, and that episode has not yet come out. It'll probably come out tomorrow, but well, (laughs) the timelines, because I'm sure this won't be out tomorrow. I don't know. But anyways, I didn't mention it on Raise Your Voice, uh, but Shonda Laudermilk, the first woman to hold a VP title on the baseball operations side within the organization. That's cool. I hadn't, like, like, to be honest, I hadn't heard of her until uh, this announcement came out, and then on Neil Solon's podcast, uh, Bendix and Neander were on there and talked about how essential she is um, on that side of things in that department. And yeah, I think that that's great. That's, that's awesome. I see, like I said, I've the only one I really paid attention to was Bendix, but I knew that there were a lot of other important people that of course being a, a major one, that's, that's yeah. incredible. So the other two, um, Carlos Rodriguez and Will Cousins. So. And Rodriguez, I, I could be wrong. I believe Rodriguez has had a huge hand in a lot of the international free agency 
uh, throughout the years. I even believe he was heavily involved in the Wander Franco signing. I don't think he was like the lead guy there, but he's definitely been involved with a lot of that over the last few years. If he's involved, so that's a big thing. Him, yeah, keeping him in the fold, especially as international free agency becomes like more and more important, that is really big. And I also mentioned it on Raise Your Voice. I love, and we'll, we'll talk about Matt Quattraro, I'm sure. I love everybody on the coaching staff. Uh, but outside of like Kevin Cash and Kyle Snyder, I really value all, all these front office people a lot more. I think they they mm-hmm. play a much bigger role in the direction of the franchise. Without I say that without like discrediting like all the great work that the members of the coaching staff do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know with um, going back to Bendix specifically, um, newest GM, uh, he was an intern with the Rays, I believe, in 2009, and has kind of worked his way through the organization since then, which is kind of insane to think about that he. I mean, he he started out as an intern, and then within a decade, he became the next GM of the team. So yeah, Neander did as well. Neander, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's just I I mean that's 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 crazy to think about that the Rays have had this much success of producing uh, really 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 smart baseball minds and and great baseball personnel that have really helped grow and develop this team. I mean, it's insane that 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 that's that's two guys that are now. President of Baseball Ops and GM at the at the same time. I mean, that that's that seems like something that not a lot of other organizations can boast. Yeah, because yeah. most of those other organizations are hiring these guys. <laughs> that's so. True. That's true. I mean, you look at like the other people that when Stu bought the team back in 05, he brought over. So it was Friedman, it was Silverman, it was Brian Ald, and then early on, I started to bring in guys on the baseball ops side of things like Hein Bloom. Eric Neander became an intern and quickly worked his way up into the system. Um, Bendix is like really young. And if you hear him speak, he sounds every bit as young as he is. Um, And I've got to give like a quick SB Nation plug. He's a former SB Nation contributor from Beyond the Box score. Um, So it's really cool to see him now be a general manager of of not any big league ball team, but but the Tampa Bay Rays and yeah, like you said, Alec, it's really cool. I don't think any other organizations have this level of consistency within their their front office. It's... I wanted to give credit to one more hire we forgot or promotion we forgot to mention. Taylor Smith is the newly named uh, director of predictive modeling, which is super cool. Ooh. So, and congratulations, Taylor Smith is the um, yes director of baseball opera, former Rays player. He's a yeah, Tallahassee cool. native and a Gator. Um, so wow, that's, well, that's a conflict of interest right there. Something yeah. for everyone. There. Tallahassee native, but, but yeah. went to that's, Florida. Oh, boy. that's really cool though that you have like former players, you know, up there in baseball ops too. Him and you Bernard know. Span, right? Mm-hmm. And, oh wait, you know, that where, says. Who, who, wait, how is Span involved? I, I know that Special I don't know what's assistant to the GM. Uh, he's got one of those titles. <laughs> it was it was his first year. I think they were kind of just getting his feet wet. I don't know if he's going to be back in 2022. I haven't heard otherwise. I hope. But yeah, well, that was what when when he was traded. Um, he asked him and Neander had a conversation the day he was traded to Seattle and just said, basically Denard was saying like, I'd love to come back here. And he said, originally he met as a player, uh, but then he retired and figured, ah, we could do, we could do the front office, uh, as well. Well, Hey, it works. Whatever works, works. So, uh, so yeah, those are a lot of, a lot of big moves right there with the Rays. I, I know that there was a picture circulating around of Ben Dix at the world series, just with the, just the 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 flex that he had just absolutely flexing on everyone um uh the hair was outrageous 
Um, so I, I know that in more recent pictures, it's a lot more subdued. But like if he wants to bring back the more outrageous hairstyle, I'm not going to say no to it because honestly, that's uh, I can't pull that off. So more power to him for being able to do that. Also, speaking of baseball ops kind of stuff, uh, this isn't this doesn't necessarily involve the Rays, but it does involve a good friend of ours. Uh, if, if you guys know Andrea yes. Scalco report, uh, she is now going to be working for the evil empire, the New York Yankees. So I, I understand that, you know, we do not like the Yankees, but we love Andrea and it's absolutely awesome. And she's also involved with the art. She was involved with the Orioles Bay now, obviously. Everything's changing now with her going to a major league baseball team, but it's absolutely insane that all that stuff happened. So congrats to Andrea. That was really, really cool to see. And it also is perfect for her because she lives in New York. So that's kind of an easy commute. <laughs> Yeah, I think Andrea, you know, she has been, like, she's really burst onto the scene, and she is amazing, and loved everything that she contributed to, to D-Ray's Bay, but, yeah, she is definitely on to, to greener pastures, uh, even though it's, mm-hmm. yeah, the Yankees. <laughs> and she she's going to all- do awesome things for them, man. Yeah. yeah, and she was also involved in the, um, I, I, don't, I don't know how you say his last name, but, um, uh, what is it, Danny Vietti, his, uh, the, uh, the baseball, the Twitter... <laughs> Oh yeah, he um, actually included women this year. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, Andrea was included, which was cool. So that was a big shout out to her for that. Um, she she unfortunately lost to draft deck Mark. So the Ooh. guy, he, if 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 you guys don't know who he is, he thinks that the Mets are going to win the World Series every year. So if that, you don't know who he is, congratulations. Exactly. <laughs> we'll put it, congratulations. We'll put it there. That was uh, that was an interesting, very interesting one. Oh, the um, uh, congratulations to the best. Uh, matchup of that bracket which was uh fuzzy and uh gary sheffield jr it's the absolute just oh oh, it's oh that was a i mean i mean honestly if you abstain from voting there that was the right choice (laughs) i only voted for andrea i didn't look at any of the other matchups (laughs) i voted for a couple others but i mean that was that was a bad one that was that was i'm voting pitching ninja the rest of the way i guess they're in the final now yeah it's uh once andrew was out i was like okay pitching ninja let's go pitching ninja versus jared carabas it's a a good matchup it's i think that pitching ninja i think rob's won the last couple years as he should i'm not mistaken no uh he who must not be named won last year i believe oh that oh yeah okay forget what i just said (laughs) so in in the years not including last year rob has won so hopefully uh he'll take it home but who knows other than that the only other thing and, and I'm, I'm sure we'll be able to talk about other stuff but uh we haven't talked about hall of fame voting yet and we're getting into the i would say we're getting into the thick of things if you guys um don't know what the hall of fame voting is for baseball how are you not a or how are you a baseball fan you should know about the hall of fame everyone should know about the hall of fame um in in baseball it's the most selective uh and the ballot came out uh as i'm seeing right now if you guys don't follow ryan thibodeau on twitter not mr tibbs follow him because he tracks all of the public ballots that come out every year from all for all the baseball writers that want to actually disclose their ballots to the public not everyone does that you'll find that usually about 75 percent of them actually go public the rest of them um are private but i believe from what i'm seeing here uh 45 are done so far and have you guys gotten a chance to check out the ballot yet for this year and do you guys have any specific players of which you want to get into the hole yes scott roll in i have mixed opinions about him 
I've come, I've, well, I've come around on Scott Rowland. I, th- I think um, that's a guy that no matter which side of the steroid debate you fall on and who should be included in the hall, that's a guy that was never publicly attached to PEDs. Who knows what happened with the Wild Wild West back then. But if he had played in a different era, he could be, I think, considered a, a shoe-in Hall of Famer. So I have definitely come around on the Scott Rowland hype train and not a voter but if i were i think he'd be the last guy on my ballot i so a i have slight bias due to the fact of me growing up as a phillies fan and him used to playing on the phil or formerly playing on the phillies and then the contract dispute problems and all that stuff and now phillies fans will hate him forever so you can take that as you will um i am on the border with him like i I agree with what you're saying brett I think personally, I wouldn't put him in, but he would like, for me, he would be a veterans committee type guy. Like I would be fine if he went in veterans committee, I'd be completely fine with that. And it sounds like he seems like the, like the perfect candidate for what yeah. the veterans committee usually For does. sure. For sure. Um, I'm curious uh, how many players would you like, would you guys use all 10? Are you oh, I would use selective? all 10. I'm not going to submit a blank ballot like that. Whoever that idiot was that submitted the blank. Like why even have a hall of fame vote if you're not going to vote for anyone is, is my thing. I mean, if there's nobody, well, the thing is, is if there's nobody worthy, then fine. But there are yeah. several worthy people, even yeah. if you are are out on the steroid people. Agreed. Um, so other than Scott Rowan, I mean, there I can run down the list quickly for people that don't know who's on the ballot this year. Uh, Bobby Abreu, Barry Bonds, Mark Burley, Roger Clemens, Carl Crawford, former Ray, um, and also uh, the guy who helped the Rays get into the playoffs in 2011. So shout out to you, Carl. Uh, Prince Fielder, Todd Helton, Ryan Howard, Tim Hudson, Tory Hunter, uh, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Tim Lincecum, Justin Morneau, Joe Nathan, David Ortiz, uh, Jonathan Papelbon, Jake Peavy, Andy Pettit, A.J. Pierzynski, Manny Ramirez, A-Rod, Scott Rowan, Jimmy Rollins, Kurt Schilling, Gary Sheffield, Sammy Sosa, Mark Teixeira, Omar Vizcal, and Billy Wagner. Now, of these, Bonds, Clemens, Schilling, and Sosa are all in their final ballot, and I guess the players of note that are in their first ballot this year are Ortiz and A-Rod. And Carl Crawford. And Carl Crawford. <laughs> you know, honestly, um, because because Crawford's there, I want Robert Andino to get one when whenever. <laughs> I, I, I think he's like past retirement, but he deserves it. Okay, so we, we can agree that Crawford's not going to be inducted. Yeah, no, he's not. <laughs> but he's in the Rays Hall of Fame, though. Well, uh, will he be uh, with some of the off the field stuff that's come post career? I don't know. Oh. If right, he... that's what I said. Oh. Um, but I have a question. Do you guys think he he sticks on the ballot? Do you think he gets five percent? No. Like I don't know if he's off. Really? Okay, I think he might. I don't I think, think he's gotten a vote yet. That's his first year. Yeah, I, I know, but like oh, in the, the ballot so far, I don't think he's released. gotten a vote yet. Oh, then that's not a good sign. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm curious yeah. to see what he gets. I think he might sneak out five percent. That'd be cool I would, if he did. I would be surprised if he did. I feel like that would be a sneaky guy, but I just don't think that he played long enough and he didn't put up the stats in in order to be a guy who could at least get that 5%. I said that if he had had, like, two really good seasons and was part of that 2013 Boston – or two really good seasons in Boston and was part of that World Series team in 2013 if he hadn't been traded, mm-hmm. um, then maybe he'd have more – I don't think he'd be inducted, yeah. but maybe he'd be a guy that comes back with 25% or more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in his first year because being a part of that world series team being with the red sox if he had put maybe one or two more all-star seasons 
he would stick in the minds of, of voters uh, more than he probably will. This is true. Um, let's go over the, because this is the, this has been the debate in recent years, which is a steroid user. So um, the steroid users on this bout are Bonds, Clemens, um, even though Bonds never actually, it was never actually proven that he used it, but considering the fact that his head turned into an egg, he definitely used it. So Bonds, Clemens, uh, who else? Um, Ortiz, uh, Manny Ramirez, A-Rod, uh, Sheffield, I believe, and Sosa. Those are all of the guys who I believe had some sort of um, steroid type thing. Publicly. Publicly, yes. yes. So of those guys, well, A, would you vote in any of those guys? And B, who would you vote in of those guys? Okay. So for me, Bonds and Clemens are for sure yeses, Um, especially since steroids weren't really enforced back then. And they were kind of like not outwardly encouraged, but the league let it slide. And, you know, they got their offense out of it, you know, that type thing. Kind of like they let the sticky stuff go all these years, even though it's been so obvious. It was kind of like that, to my knowledge. Could be wrong. But so those two are getting in. Did Ortiz test positive twice? He tested positive in like 2003 or something like that. And then like nothing really happened after it, if if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Well, I'm putting Ortiz in, but A-Rod tested multiple times, correct? Or Manny, one of the two. Uh, Manny tested both multiple times. A Rod, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was 09. And Ramirez, he came back with a positive test when he retired with the Rays, and that was the reason he retired because he was going to get a suspension. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Ramirez and A Rod, like, I feel like they should both be in based on what they did, but like, I don't know. I've been back and forth on this. And I've gotten to the point where I think they should all be in if they're play. I have them all on my ballot, but. I I completely. Okay, so here's the thing. I completely understand and will not, you know, think twice if a voter decides to leave Barry Bonds off their ballot. I completely understand why. But what's really strange is when you get ballots that have Bonds and not Clemens or Clemens and not Bonds. Oh, those are weird. Clemens and not A-Rod. Even though, yeah, like you said, there are the positive tests and Bonds and Clemens, neither of them ever tested positive. But, like, come on. we like, yeah. There's a reason that you're leaving certain guys off because of steroids and then you're keeping some guys on. I don't know. Maybe the argument is with Bonds that he was just incredible and probably Hall of Famer in Pittsburgh before the steroid days. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how long A-Rod was juicing for, but he was going to be the best shortstop in the game for a yeah. long, long time when he was with, you know, Seattle and Texas. So... I think he's an easy yes, too. And one of, like, statistically, maybe like a top 10 baseball player ever. So how does he not in if you're going to, especially if you're going to vote a guy like Bonds in? I have my full ballot filled out, but I used a zero number. So this was like a, I'm sitting here in my bed at night going, okay, you, 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 you. So, so, okay, so you did 10. I wanted to make sure that, like, you didn't just go. No, I have, no, I have my 10. I'd probably change them this I'd probably change them if I looked at numbers because there are a few that I know are not like well accepted. So I have Bonds, Clemens, Andrew Jones, David Ortiz, A-Rod, Roland, Schilling, Sheffield, Sosa, and Wagner. Now the Sosa one. Thank you. The Sosa one. I know a lot of people don't like Sosa and I have no idea what his numbers are. I'm putting that out there right now. I just thought he was already in the Hall runs. of Fame, so I was like, "Oh, yeah, not nah, <laughs> he's." he's... So 
he's got he's got some some PED related things. Um, I mean, yeah, but some, yeah, <laughs> some. So the only steroid guy that I left off was Manny Ramirez. That's but... uh, I, I, yeah. well. I think this that, that this is without looking at a number. Okay. <laughs> so. I think that Manny's completely valid to leave off just because he had so many. Like, and they were really off. I mean, like the fact that his career ended because it was going to get suspended. That's not good. That is not good one bit. Um, I'm trying to think of this is going to be off the top of my head. I will say the fact that um, so again, me growing up a Phillies fan, uh, there are a couple Phillies on this list. Um, I would vote for Jimmy Rollins because I, I and again, that's going to be a biased pick, but he does have the most hits in franchise history. He's one of the main reasons why they won the division in 2007. He won the MVP that year, one of four guys ever to have a 2020-2020 quadruple 20 season. So 20 home runs, doubles, triples, and stolen bases in the same year. Uh, Then was a main catalyst for winning the World Series in 2008. Um, Gold gloves, all that stuff. This isn't the Phillies Hall of Fame. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Hall of Fame, (laughs) Hall of Fame. Yeah. I I think that he was really freaking good. He, Um, He was very good. This is the Hall of Fame. Oh, I understand that. Uh, it was so, the Hall of Very Good. Carl Crawford might get in. Yeah, the, all so these guys. First he's ballot. not even he's not even coming close to getting in. But the, but the fact that Ryan Howard already has a Hall of Fame vote, I think, is incredible. Um, he was probably one of my favorite players growing up. He had absolute moonshots, but he does not even close to be deserved uh, deserving of it. And him and him and Prince Fielder are kind of the same player if you think about it. Like both big guys, both lefties, both hit moonshots. Careers ended um uh you know careers were shortened uh so it would have been interesting to see if both of them actually had like full healthy careers what would have happened uh love todd helton definitely would pick him andrew jones for sure trying to think wagner for sure uh big poppy if i already said that i'm a big bobby brayu fan because of the production that he had when he was in philadelphia he was very consistent put up like 20 30 home runs and 100 rbis a year for a long period of time. Um, so I like, I definitely like him. Wait, who else did I say? So I said Abreu, Helton, Jones, Big Poppy, uh, Wagner. So that's five. I believe if I didn't say Jeff Kent, most home runs by a second baseman ever, uh, soon to be surpassed in the future by Brandon Lau. Um, he, <laughs> oh, oh I'm, I'm sticking with that until it, until it doesn't happen. Or, or, Good. You or, know, or I'm glad happen. to hear that after what you is- were so down on him earlier. Oh, I was so down on him. I was mad. If Evan and I can agree on anything and it's against you. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like at the start of the season? No, at the end of the season. Even Brandon Lowe, Evan, he was a train time. wreck in the postseason. But like, I, I mean, know, but you like, gave up on him completely. I mean, in the regular season, though, those are two, two completely different mm-hmm. things. So, um, so you yeah, can't. Brandon uh, Lowe, 301 more home runs to tie Jeff Kent. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I think you do it. Ten more thirty home run seasons. Yeah, that's fine. I think you do it. I'm, I'm confident. Um, I, I'm trying to think. Uh, if I didn't say Bonds and Clemens, I'd probably put both of them on there. I'm like a little bit more hesitant on the steroids guys. Kurt Schilling kind of wrote himself off the ballot because the stupid crap he's done off the field. Even if you don't, or even if you think that that shouldn't be involved in that kind of stuff, he literally said, "Take my name off the ballot." Last year, after all that stuff happened, uh, so. No, I'm sorry, Kurt. Um, this is going to be weird when I'm kind of on the fence about Tory Hunter, more or less because of the fact that he roasted me at a Twins game. And I was like, oh, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And uh, now I got to like keep eating my words until it happens. 
Man, you're, it doesn't you're happen. just going to let everybody in. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's great. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know how many guys I picked. I picked a, I picked enough. Probably a 12. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> All right, Brett, your, yours, which is, I hope, a lot more structured than mine. Uh, I've changed mine a couple times while you guys were talking. So I went. <laughs> oh, perfect. Because um, I did decide to take Schilling off, and I added one more at the end. So I've got, I think, eight. Um, Bonds, Clemens, Rodriguez, those three are by far and away like, like easy choices for me. Um, then went with, with, with Scott Rowland, um, Manny Ramirez, Andrew Jones. I, I added Gary Sheffield at the last second. You look at how long he played and the numbers mm-hmm. he put up. A, th- a career 393 on base percentage with 22 seasons played. Uh, he played in over 2,500 games. Like That's, that's incredible. Uh, and then I did go with David Ortiz just because um, one of those players that it revolutionized what it means to be a designated hitter. Yep. With that being said, I didn't put any closers on, so I did no Wagner, no Papelbon. Um, no, Papelbon wasn't getting it. What are you talking no, about? No, no, but I'm just saying, those are the closers I like. I think that I, like, no Pettit for me either. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little harsh on the pitchers and specifically the closers. Wagner would have been the closest for me, but I don't know. He's a reliever. Yeah. I, st- I still can't believe Papelbon tried to choke out Bryce Harper. That's that that's got to be like a defining moment in his career. There so there's you, no so you say not. no uh, Papelbon, but his numbers are very very similar to Wagner. Wagner ended up with more saves by quite a bit, uh, and played in a couple more seasons, or a few more seasons. So I ju- I, I've always seen Wagner as a much more dominant pitcher than what Papelbon was because I feel like Papelbon had a lot of very up and down seasons. Like he was, he was really good at the start of his career, and then he became very inconsistent very quickly. Four straight All Star appearances from '06 to '09. Yeah, it's not like an yeah. MLB all, but well, well, that was in Boston, right? Yeah, and then once he got to Philly, once he got to DC, just the wheels came off very quickly. Like I honestly, I think the way that 2011 ended was kind of the thing that made his career spiral out of control. Like I don't, yeah, it, maybe. I, I feel like that could be like an actual like a probable catalyst for for what happened to him. But I don't know for sure. But yeah, yeah I mean, that's my ballot. I mean That's a good ballot. I decided to go with almost all the steroid guys. I, I had I was thinking about Sosa. You think about some of the most incredible things he did. I mean summer of ninety nine is like maybe maybe one of the peaks of, of baseball pop. Twenty home runs in June. Like that is if we talk about the Hall of Fame as a museum and should we, you know, in, in induct these guys for, for all of eternity? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. And it doesn't seem like Sosa will get anywhere close. Only 17%. He's in his last year. Uh, and it doesn't really seem like one of those guys that would get in on the Veterans Committee. Um, so probably no Hall of Fame for Sammy Sosa. But, hey, maybe he should be there. So who do we think is definitely getting in on this one? Oh, I don't think that there's any definites. I don't think anyone's getting in. Really? I think that Big Poppy could get close, but I also don't think that people are going to be 100% in on him. I don't think you can get 75 on Big Poppy. Not you, this year. Yeah, it's going to take a few years. Like, there's going to be guys that are going to have big jumps. So I know Petta had a big jump recently. Helton had a big jump. Roland had a big jump. Uh, Schilling's definitely not going to get in because he's already lost votes. And he was at 70% last year, I believe. Uh, but I just think that he's just not going to get support, especially – after basically writing off the BBWAA. So why would they support him after he wrote him off? 
There's all, there's also like plenty of other reasons to not support. <laughs> yes, him. other <laughs> significantly worse reasons. Other than him asking you not to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, other reasons that we won't go into, but if you know who Kurt Schilling is, then you definitely know what what we're we're talking about. Uh yeah, I don't think that there's anyone significant like like there's no definites. Yeah, I, I really don't see anybody. I mean, unless Bonds and Clemens make that massive jump, it just doesn't mm-hmm. seem like if, if Bonds and Clemens can't get in, A-Rod's not going to get in. Yeah. Who else this year on their first year is going to put up anywhere near 75? I don't think anybody. No. This is this is such a strange year. There's just nothing. Like, I mean, no offense to the guys on the ballot, but, like, there really isn't anyone. I mean, like, there are guys that stand out, understandably so, but there aren't guys that stand out enough to where, like, even if we think that they're definite Hall of Famers, there's controversy that surrounds them that would not, you know, that would prevent them from reaching that. So very, very interesting ballot this year. But I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, it's going to be really, I mean, like I said, it's going to be really interesting. I believe that everything is done by like late January, like like mid to late January, somewhere around there, if I'm not mistaken. My least favorite part about this offseason is, I guess this includes the lockout, is the fact it's- that, like we're always going to get the Hall of Fame discourse. It's going to continue yep. even after the uh, like the steroid guys, because like think about when Correa and Altuve show up mm-hmm. on the ballot. Like, oh there's God, be huge discussions about those guys. Alex Bregman, maybe. Um, it's not going to end. And it's like this year we have nothing else to talk about except for Jake yep. Bowers signing a minor league deal with whoever he <laughs> signed a minor league deal with. Like there's no the Reds. The Reds. Good for shout Jake out. Bowers. Shout out Jake Bowers. Uh, but like, there's nothing else to talk about other than like, is David Ortiz going to get 50% of Hall of Fame votes? Like, and that's just so frustrating. Like, again, I am very much okay if you have an opinion on a player. You're a voter. Like, that's your prerogative. But the hypocrisy, or the people mm-hmm. not voting for um, Barry Bonds because of the type of person he was, or maybe how he was a cheater, but then they vote for Omar Vizquel, who's had some just horrendous you know allegations made against him uh, with evidence of things he was doing while in baseball and he's showing up still on hall of fame ballots from people that will leave off players like like bonds or clemens that that that's what aggravates me or not more than aggravates me it pisses me off and uh, it's the one thing that i just hate about like hall of fame discourse yeah, personally, yeah. which which uh, writer put out that video last year? That super pretentious Tom video Verducci. with the music. Yeah, God, I wonder if we're getting another one. I would assume no. But... I hope not. I really hope not. Um, so what we're gonna do? We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. We have a couple things to wrap up, um, and then uh, we will end things. So stay tuned. We'll be right back on this latest episode of Raise the Roof. And we're back on this latest episode of Raise the Roof. So we did not talk about this in the first half of the podcast. But if you guys, or Brett already mentioned him, Matt, Matt Quartraro. 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 Butchered that name so hard. The R goes after the T. That's that's all I know. (laughs) So Matt Q of, I believe he's, if I'm not mistaken, he's a bench coach on the Rays right now. He was a finalist for both the Mets managerial position and the A's managerial position. He did not get either of them. Much to the anger of Bree, who uh, Bree, if you want to um, uh, vent out your anger right now, you have the floor. Well, I mean, obviously, I'm glad he's staying, but 
he deserves to be a manager. He just does. And some people are saying like, oh, that's a tough job to take and blah, 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 which yeah, sure. Fine. Whatever. But he still deserves to be a manager. And so I see, okay. Little tangent. Not really. But my thing with that hiring was once Max Scherzer and Steve Cohen, the owner and the 130 million bajillion dollar man said that they wanted Buck Showalter I feel like it was a done deal at that point. I feel like no one else really even had a shot. And that's what I think is dumb, you know? Because at that point, you're hiring him because, you know, these two big shots say they want him and not because he's necessarily the right person for the job. But, and I could be wrong because they interviewed all of them, you know, but. Yeah, but once Cohen, it was, it was uh, Joel yeah. Sherman, I think, reported that like, yeah. Steve Cohen really wants Buck Walter. Yeah, exactly. When your owner wants Buck Walter, I feel like, why are you even going through this? Like, he popped into the offices one day and was like, guys, it's up to you. You guys can go go through the interview process, make your own decision. But I'd really mm-hmm. like it if you took if you picked Buck Showalter. Exactly. Which, he might be a good hire. I don't know. Exactly. And that's I, what I I'm think saying. he's like, a good hire. Yeah, he might he might be the best person for the job. I don't know. But I just had I a just, really sour taste. Yeah. What was that last game he did in the ALDS on MLB Network? And it wasn't him that was just spewing out these just like terrible takes. I, I think it was Jim Cat, and they, he said something like very problematic too. Yes, and like, yeah, Buck that was, uh... was just stuck in that booth, and he wasn't really doing anything to help. Uh, but it was a train wreck, kind of listening to them. Yeah, that was a bad one. Baseball sucks now. Oh, I thought you were ta- calling a playoff game. Well, I thought you were going to talk about him not putting in Britain in 2016. Well, that too. Um, I think that, <laughs> the famous. I, I hope that's something that at this point. Ubaldo Jimenez. It's become such a meme that, like, I hope they asked him about it in an interview and he can, like, joke about it. Like, yeah. I don't know. That's obviously going to get highlighted as, like, a terrible. And, and studied as, like, how we've changed in bullpen usage. Because I, th- mm-hmm. I think he was very much, like, a product of his time. Um, but I, he's had, like, success. And yeah. I think one of the biggest parts of being a manager, we can talk about. Kevin Cash and his decision making all night <clears throat> long, but one of the biggest things is keeping a clubhouse together for a 162 mm-hmm. game season. And I'm pretty sure Kevin Cash is one of the best in Major League Baseball at that too. You just hear about like his Joey Wendell conversations and Buck Showalter. I mean, by all counts, is is that type of guy. Now he's older, he's been around the block, so maybe it'll be different this time. It might not work because it's the Mets. But he has like a Brian Snicker die. type vibe. I'm not gonna lie. Like, like, yeah. like Buck very, Walter very looks similar like nice grandpa though, but Snicker kind of looks like he'll like chew your ass out or something. Well, <laughs> well, just the, uh, just the part of like, they're both old school baseball guys and, yeah. and they've been around the game for a while. I know Snicker's only managed for a little bit now. I believe Showalter's managed for 20 plus years or something like that. He's been with a couple teams. He's been to the playoffs. He's a three time um, manager of the year winner. I mean, he made the Orioles good. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's a tough thing to do these days. See, he's a good manager. My thing is just, is he the right guy? For the he job? a good manager these days? Because things are just we'll different. See. You can't say they're not. And yeah, we'll see. I, would I hope give that higher a B. I would hope that he wouldn't be the guy that tries to make a point by leaving Max Scherzer and Jacob Degrom in for like eight innings, just to like you know. That would be a terrible. Fight the new, new era of baseball, I guess. Which I don't think he will. But like, I don't know. I think that it's going to be a Mets hire, which means that regardless of how good or bad it is, things are just going to fall apart because it's the Mets. Yeah. And and nothing yeah, will prove me otherwise, which, which sucks. I mean, I mean, it sucks for Buck Showalter because I'm sure he doesn't want that to happen, but I'm sure in the back of his mind, he also knows it's probably going to happen. 
Um, so the other one being the A's job, I believe it was Mark Kotze who ended up getting the manager position. Uh, if he I'm was not their mistaken. third base coach, I think, right? Third base coach, former former major leaguer. I remember, uh, I was going to say, I remember him in backyard baseball, but he was never in backyard baseball. I just I just remember playing with him in video games before. But yeah, um, I don't know how I feel about that signing because the A's are kind of, I don't know what the A's are doing right now. Um, well, I mean, they're, they're entering a rebuild, I'd say, if you could call it that. And, you know, this is probably not the time to bring in the manager that you want to like. Well, I don't know. This is a transitional period for them. I feel like this is a transitional ma- manager. They kept it in house. Yeah. I think you, you that 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 organization values consistency. Look at how long Bob Melvin was in that job for and did a great job. Um, they obviously like Katze. He was their third base coach, and they kept him around. But I have no opinion on him as a major league manager because we've we've just never seen it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's gonna be like a you know whatever happens happens with it. It's just gonna be see as you go. We'll make you know we'll make uh, any sort of like an you know like we'll make our uh, not a, I guess I guess we have assumptions of him now, but the actual analysis of him we'll find out as the actual season uh, goes forth. Um, so I hope those Brent are... Honeywell likes him. <laughs> yeah, that's all I care about at this point. Yeah. This is true. Uh, any notable things uh, with Rays players in winter ball? I know Mike Rosso is no longer a Ray, but I know he was playing in Lee Dome. I forget for who, but he was playing in Lee Dome. Oh, no. what He was on the same team as Pujols, mm-hmm. which is hilarious because, you know. Aren't they on like Toros del Este or something? Is that a thing or Are they on like Toros or Gigantes? Because I know that one Gigantes is a big club, but they I know Ross is no longer a Ray, but he's he's down there. Yeah, did it's... you see Glass went and watched him play? I That's did. pretty cool. Yeah, Glass I, think is... that, I thought that was cool. Maybe he was like, yeah. was he vacationing there? Did he just want to go? Yeah, watch baseball? He, no, he was he was vacationing. <laughs> I love it. It's it's completely random, but that's uh, that's really that's cool. Which is crazy because I had just been thinking earlier that week, like, man, I would love to go watch that in person. And then of course Glass pops up there. I'm like, dang. Sure. What? If I had money. <laughs> and then I, I know another well, tickets are real cheap with omicron just like take it over Get that's down true there. let's go i know um this isn't like winter baseball related but um for those that didn't see there was an event that happened in the bahamas um jazz jazz chisholm was a part of it dominic smith jr was a part of it if you guys know our friends that's um, jake and jordan from the cespedes family barbecue they were both down there a bunch of guys, bunch of major leaguers and other guys were down there. They basically played at, speaking of backyard baseball, if you guys ever played it, there was a field called, I believe it was called Sandy Acres or something like that, but it was essentially a sand field and they played on a sand field um, in the Bahamas. And then they had a home run derby where they just hit it into the water, just <laughs> launched balls into the water, which was cool. PETA is quaking. PETA is quaking. In fear. M- yeah, but uh, I know Chisholm hit a ball so hard that he broke his chain. Oh, Man, is he exciting. Like, the, the ball so just cool. flies mm-hmm. off of that bat. His bat speed's incredible. And he's going to become, if he hasn't already, one of my favorite non-rays. He's he's such an exciting guy, and he's got such a good personality. I think I think that's the most important thing, is he's got a very good, he's got a very infectious personality. I also wonder, we're not, this doesn't have to, I know this isn't a Jazz Chisholm podcast, but like, what are the what are the Marlins gonna do with him? Is he gonna ever shift over to shortstop? I know there's like some question about his defense. Plays a really good uh, second base, but they've got uh, Miguel Rojas at shortstop, and now and they extended Miggy. 
I don't think that the yeah, I don't think that they're. I think Chisholm is probably just gonna stay at second because Miggy Rose is short. And I am the second best second baseman in baseball behind Brandon Lau. Lau. (laughs) Greatest second baseman in baseball that's not a converted shortstop. Uh, Marcus Simeon. Uh. (laughs) Only saw. I mean, he 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 he's a second baseman now, but like, it's kind of annoys me that the numbers that he put up last year were. Um, I mean, he would have been a shortstop on any other on any other team that didn't have Bo Bichette. He just happened to play on the team that had Bo Bichette, and then he put up that season. I mean, hey, he took a risk on himself. He made his money, so I will never slight anyone for doing that. So shout out to shout out to Marcus Simmons, even though Brandon Lowe's better. We do have to touch upon this news. This is a little bit more unfortunate news, somber tone. But for those that didn't see. The, uh, the string of tornadoes that, that ravaged the Midwest went through, I believe it was Tennessee, Kentucky. Kentucky. I believe Missouri was probably part of it. I know Minnesota had a tornado in December for like the first time ever. Um, but specifically in Kentucky, uh, it, I mean, dozens of people um, unfortunately passed away as a result of, of the tornadoes, the deadly tornadoes that came through. Uh, one of the biggest hit places was Bowling Green. Um, if you guys don't know, the Bowling Green Hot Rods are an affiliate, minor league affiliate of the Rays. Luckily, everything at the Bowling Green Hot Rod Stadium, I'm pretty sure is all good. They've actually started leasing out different suites and stuff like that in the stadium to people who are who, who are in the area who need workspace. So that was really, really cool to see. And I know they're also having fundraising things and stuff like that in order to raise money uh, for the victims of the tornadoes. But um, uh, I'm guessing both of you got a chance to see that, um, unfo- you know, very unfortunate events, but I thought it was really, really cool what the, what the hot rods did so quickly. Yeah. They have a little, not even little, they have a really nice auction going right now. Um, that has all sorts of experiences and signed items and types, that type of stuff from a bunch of different teams. Um, there's like a, I mean, they can't really do stuff with a ton of major league players right now because of the lockout, which is stupid, but they have like a Tim Tebow signed ball. They have, um, I know there's Rays like sweet passes for next season, um, some signed jerseys and stuff. So definitely check that out or share it around. Um, All proceeds go to helping that area. Yeah, it's obviously tragic what happened. And I do think it's important Rays fans support if they can. I know it feels like, you know, we don't have to think about the Bowling Green Hot Rods that often, but think about how many players on the current big league roster played there, lived there, that was their home for, for a period of time, and how many future Rays are currently on that team living in that area, and all the people that support them that have been affected, the people that work for the team. I know I follow um, their play-by-play broadcaster on Twitter, and yeah, even though it's a minor league affiliate and might be in a different part of the country, uh, they are just very much a part of this this Rays uh, community. For sure, for sure. So um, our our hearts go out to all those who are affected, especially in the Bowling Green area, and um, we wish everyone a speedy recovery in terms of um, building things back up, hopefully as, as, as fast as you guys can, and getting back to as, as, as normal of a life um, as, as possible. Ending things on a positive note, though, uh, it was announced that I believe it was Tampa Bay um, was named the best sports towns, best sports city in, in, in 2021. So shout out Tampa Bay for once again, showing the 
uh, uh, the country that it is the best of the best. So that was really cool to see. I, was that like, did we expect that? I mean, I know that like, obviously it's been. There wasn't really another choice, I don't think. I'm trying to think. See, now I'm trying to think. Yeah. Of one. Who, who else could you pick? I mean, LA, LA last year, but like, but like not this year. Yeah, no, it had to be, it had to be us. Yeah, because two, two championships, division title, championships, and two playoff teams that did not become champions, but that's okay. Well, well, conference championship, division title, and then two championship championships, and also like the college sports. I mean, if you think about it, USF did really well in a bunch of what? Oh, in football they were terrible. Oh no, 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 I'm not talking about football. I'm talking about like baseball. They they made a super. I don't know. I mean, yeah, baseball. Yeah, baseball. They made the super regionals. Yes, they women's basketball. <laughs> women's basketball. I believe they won the American Conference tournament or whatever it was. Probably um, got into the NCAA and tournament. Women's soccer is really great at USF as yes. well. Mm-hmm. So a lot I of think success. They also knocked us out in that too. <laughs> and Love University that. of Tampa won a. I think or they they got to the national series title series in, in baseball. In baseball. I don't know if they won it. I think they did. UT's really good. Oh, good they had a pitcher mm-hmm. drafted by the Dodgers too. Nice. Uh, I wow. grew up playing with, so that was cool. Wow, that's that's big stuff, very big stuff. Um, but I think with all that being said, uh, I think that's going to conclude this most recent episode of Raise the Roof. Uh, Brett, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate you coming back on. Where can people find your stuff and everything that you do at D Raise Bay? Um, well, DRaiseBay.com is a great place to start. I try to do a Raise Your Voice once a week. There should be a new one probably dropping around the same time as this one. I'm, I'm on Twitter at, at BGRutherford99. I mostly retweet people that are smarter than me, so if you like that, that <laughs> sort of stuff, um, I guess follow me. And, yeah, DRaiseBay.com, or D-ra- if you search DRaiseBay on the podcast platform, we put out a bunch of stuff, including, and I'll give them a shout-out, because it is one of the favorite things I do at DRaiseBay. It has nothing to do with the Rays. It is a <laughs> podcast called Who's on Worst, where we review nothing but bad baseball movies. It's hosted by Ashley McLennan and Darby Robinson. And I just produce kind of hang out there with them. And it's really funny to like tear into some movies that maybe we thought were good in the past. And after a second look, they're really terrible. Um, So if I can recommend anything on our podcast network, even more so than my own show that I host, raise your voice. uh, It would be who's on worst. There's only been, I think six or seven episodes um, but I'm already editing a couple others, and it's really good stuff. Yeah, that's that's definitely a much uh, uh, a uh, must listen. Um, so so check that out. Also check out Brett's podcast, like he just said. Um, for us, raise the roof TV social media, raise the roof dot com, uh, all of our podcast network. I'm trying to think of any uh, raise the roof on YouTube, raise the roof TV, no raise the roof Twitch. Uh, we we still need to figure out the Twitch situation, but. We're going to figure that out hopefully this offseason. And if you guys want to contribute anything or if you guys want to sponsor us, anything like that, raise the roof TV at gmail.com. Just make sure to uh, email us there. Uh, if we don't release another podcast before Christmas, Merry Christmas to everyone who celebrates. Because uh, or we might, who knows, but it's happening on Saturday. So, but yeah, um, if we don't, Merry Christmas to everyone who celebrates. If we, uh, if this, if we release another one, still Merry Christmas, who cares? But with all that being said, thanks so much for listening. And as always, raise up. Raise up, baby. Thank <laughs> you.